0: Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio,
1: an interactive, conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by
0: spirit, with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Albert. Good evening, everyone, and good afternoon. Welcome to One Soul Radio here on Unity Radio. We are the interactive show that is grounded in psychology, inspired by spirit, which we think, is a special hybrid, a rare offering that you don't find a lot on the radio waves these days. This is a show for you, a place to dig deeper with a like-minded community of soul-searchers for you to ask your questions and get insight. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here in the central Hudson Valley in New York with my dear friend and co-host, Steve Hassenberg.
2: Hello, Callie. Hello.
0: How are you doing?
2: Good. And you know, this is one of my favorite topics and why? tell me why? because I've had such heavy karma in my life. Yeah, you have haven't you? I have. <laughs>
0: um, so we're talking about that was a good that was a good tease for for our show tonight. So <laughs> the question is have you ever thought about your karma? Have you used the word in fun ways? Have you attributed good things to good karma and tough or challenging things to what you might um, you might you might be being punished for in a previous life? Well, we're going to give karma a new lens right now. We're going to help you recognize where your karma impacts your life, how to reframe the persistent karmic stories that might plague you and offer you helpful action steps to use your life stories to live a better life. Um, And it's funny, before we start getting into the definition of karma, you know, just today in a meeting at work, um, somebody in our marketing department was... um, trying to determine what day next week they were going to launch a course that we're offering at Omega Institute, where I work. And we were talking about actually doing it on January 20th, inaugural, you know, the inauguration day. And she said, is that bad karma? (laughs) Which was just, you know, just again, just kind of a a fleeting suggestion of using this word in the way that most people do in, in mainstream America often. Which is just either putting uh, an association of positive or negative to it, right?
2: We want to make karma a gift today.
0: Mm, I like that. That's a good promise.
2: We also want to make karma an initiation. Mm -hmm. Some karma is very difficult. Some karma is easier. Maybe we can say everything is karmic. All circumstances coming our way have a karmic value to them. Mm -hmm. The ones that we like. We don't think of it as karma or bad karma. Right. We rarely use the word good karma. Occasionally, if you win a lottery, <laughs> I have good karma. But we usually use the word bad karma or heavy karma. That's the word I used in the beginning.
0: Right. That's, so why don't we start? Well, so to your point, I think a lot of people associate karma with something that you've earned either in this lifetime or in a, in a past lifetime. Right? right? Where you're, um, you did something good, you're getting paid for it, you, um, or, or rewarded for it. You're, you did something bad and you're being challenged for it. And we're here to tell you that that might not be the case. And so we're going to introduce sort of a new lens and a way to look at karma, the recurring storylines in your life that are um, following you that often plague us, or we feel like we're, they're plaguing us, but let's start with the traditional definition of karma.
2: Action and reaction, a biblical way of thinking about it, is what you sow, so shall you reap. Mm-hmm. And I've reaped a lot of things in my life.
0: What have you reaped, my dear? Uh,
2: <laughs> I've reaped a lot of difficult times. Yeah, and I, and I think that for most of us, life is not easy. Right. There are moments when we're sailing on sunny seas. But it's often that we're challenged in multiple ways. Right. And so we want to say that karma is an opportunity. It's a challenge. It's a difficulty. It's a gift. It's an initiation. We want to use all those words today in in explaining what karma is.
0: Let's talk even a little bit about the history of the word karma, right? Because... Where did that, did that come from? Well, it comes,
2: it usually, it's attributed to the Hindu. Hindus first? More of a Hindu idea. Okay. And because it's Hindu, it's related to reincarnation. Right. So, depending on the kind of life you live, we have the same thing in the Christian tradition, Mm -hmm. where if you live a good life, you go to heaven, and if you live a bad life, you go to hell or purgatory.
0: Right. Or we have it even with the with the Jewish tradition. When we're here on Earth, it's just called guilt.
2: (laughs) I know. I know a little about that. Yeah. And so the idea is that if you live a good life, then you accumulate. Buddha say you accumulate merits Mm
0: -hmm.
2: for your next lifetime. And in some ways, that's probably true Uh, in ways that goodness begets goodness. Right. And negative actions or negative thinking begets negative circumstance often. Right. right. And we'll talk about how that's distinct from initiation. Right. Mm hmm. So we'll right, go into it's more that. of an
0: en- more energetic, like whatever you put energy or attention toward perpetuates right. or brings more of the same. So it I does. like that. That is it. That is um. that's that's something that would be nice to talk a little bit more about in detail so you talk a lot about this, um, how, how karma is really an opportunity. I do. An opportunity to navigate our lives, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to learn how to use our situations in new ways to reframe our experiences, right?
2: You know, this is something that I've learned over a period of time. Obviously, my interests have been Eastern and more in the Buddhist tradition, mm-hmm. the Taoist tradition and Tibetan Buddhism. Right. And even in those traditions, there's a negative kind of impact when they talk about karma. And I've learned over the years that the difficult karma that I've been through actually has very important silver linings for me. Yeah. That if I go back to it and we'll we'll go further into it this uh, hour when I go back to it I see all that I've learned if I face the challenges well right it has grown me
0: right when do you you remember because this is pretty new for me and having known you for these last few years and hundreds of lifetimes before that that's our (laughs) karma yeah um, that we've remet in this lifetime because karma also has to do with relationships, right?
2: Right, absolutely.
0: Um, but when did you first wake up to the idea of using these things well? And well, I, and before, sorry to interrupt you. Before, I just want to clarify something for our listeners. We're talking really about the storylines, or the, is it the Sanskrit word is um, "samskara"? The storylines that follow you from lifetime to lifetime because you still need to work them out. And they follow us. They come with us until we work them out, dissolve them, learn to love them, learn to embrace them. We'll talk about all that a little bit more. But that's how we're really referring to karma tonight.
2: Right. They're here to help us. Right. Not to hinder us, even though they feel like an extraordinary hindrance. Right. So when did you first recognize that? Because that's a huge
0: revelation that I think most people are not... Looking at?
2: Well, I have to preface that by saying um, when I was at NYU, I was walking through Brooklyn Botanical Gardens and I saw this beautiful little temple that was behind a fence. Mm -hmm. And I read the inscription, it said it was from a gift given to the Botanical Gardens from Kyoto. Mm And I was so taken with the architecture that I climbed the fence. <laughs> I put my arms around one of the pillars and I started weeping for 45 minutes. And that was one of the be- that was really the beginning. <laughs> you love that.
0: I love that because you have a lot of these stories and I, I do appreciate them.
2: Uh, that was the beginning of the, the sense that there was more to me than met the eye. Mm. Right. So that doesn't answer your question.
0: No, it doesn't. But it's a beautiful story. And it reminds me, and we will come back to my question, that karma also, as we're trying to define it for people um, in the way that we're talking about it tonight, also has to do with where you do feel a sense of familiarity uh, and a sense of either from a person or a place when you resonate with certain cultures, when you resonate with certain countries, when you resonate with certain books, when you resonate with certain people, often that is because there's a karmic tie, because you have been there before or been with that person before. And that's why there's such a deep sense of resonance that you're bringing with you yet again, like
2: you just you know kind of described in your story. Yeah, there's a sense that when I was in Florence that I knew that city, Mm. I knew the streets, never having walked on them before. Right. I knew the streets somewhere inside of my psyche that I had brought that forward and I could direct traffic there in a way (laughs) that would have been impossible Mm. having never been there before.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's
2: karma as well. Right. Memories we bring forward. Right. So going back to...
0: The idea of reframing this and looking at the storylines and the situations, the things that we continue to perpetuate in this current lifetime, when did you first wake up to the idea of the reframe and using these as opportunities rather than looking at them as drudgery that we just have to endure?
2: I think I was working with certain teachers about 20 years ago, and uh, we were trying to make sense of my life, which was very difficult. And um, they were having me go back and I I went back in time. This is what I it's all coming back to me, Callie. I'm so glad. Okay, I I went back in time and I made this decision to reframe my entire childhood, Mm. which was an explosion of a dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and I embraced myself through certain circumstances in terms of the relationship with my father and in relationship with my mother and father. And I began to understand it at a higher level or meta level. It helped that I went to graduate school in psychology because we did a lot of that work in different classes and group therapy. And I think that's when it began to happen.
0: Yeah, it's really so... I've in through many, many years of spiritual practice, meditation, therapy, um, finding good teachers, especially in my current company here as my dear co-host, you. Um, you know, it took I, I've always been keenly aware as an adult of the um, pesky and difficult and trying patterns in my life. For example, the types of men that I invited into my life, um, for many, many years that were more self-centered where I kind of dimmed my light and I had a hard time finding somebody who was an equal, um, to major roller coasters with money and work where I've, um, you know, from making really nice money and being gainfully employed to lots of times where I had these gaps, um, financially and with jobs, despite, everything on paper and everything anybody knows about me, not jibing. And we've talked about this a lot. And both of them, in addition to also growing up in a very difficult and dysfunctional family, and that's still following me even to this day, even to this morning, actually, you know, um, the point is I I mention these because they might sound um, very common um, to, to, you know, to people that are listening um, and they are universal often. But I think the first step in identifying our version of karma and why it can be helpful is to identify patterns, right. uh, patterns that might not be rational, patterns that you can't really find an explanation for, except that they're deep and yes. they seem to be extremely enduring and there often doesn't feel like there's a way out, right? right? Sort of step number one. So that's as far as I got for many, many years mm-hmm. is just recognizing patterns, Not knowing to attach them to more of a karmic spiritual perspective until really the last few years. Um, and uh, but also recognizing that maybe I don't have to take as much responsibility for certain things that plague me as I thought I did.
2: Mm -hmm. That's beautiful.
0: Um, which is actually something that's a great awakening when you can recognize that maybe it is a storyline that's following me from many other lifetimes that still needs to play itself out. And we'll get to how we do that and and why.
2: And Um, you know, when you take that meta position, I call it a meta position.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: We could call it a metaphysical position or Mm -hmm. spiritual position. It gives you more wiggle room. Mm. I think everybody needs much more wiggle room.
0: I like wiggle room. Do you? Yeah, I do.
2: We need that wiggle room to give us a place to breathe, right. to step back from the kind of tumultuous experiences that we have sometime. We have it often tumultuous, difficult, challenging experiences that we need to step back from. And that perspective of a long perspective, a longevity, I've had many different lifetimes, what comes for me is, there's nothing that comes in my life that I don't have the capacity to handle. Now, that's a thought that I came up with on my journey.
0: Mm. And there's nothing, you say this all the time, and you have a lot of great quotes for it. There's also nothing that comes up for us that our higher self didn't create and right. navigate for our higher learning, right. and for our highest good even though it doesn't feel that way. So I think one of the biggest takeaways from this portion of just establishing how we're looking at karma today is that um, it's always for your benefit and that it's highly encouraged to look at it with a different pair of eyes instead of our daily earthly eyes which will just define everything as challenging not everything i mean there's also we're not talking about the good good karma the easier karma right now we're talking more about the um the patterns that are established that are the challenging the bigger teaching moment ones you the know, ones that are good and easy don't seem like they teach us as much because they just kind of everything runs <laughs> right. smoothly yeah right. i got this going on and that going on and you can check off everything from your checklist
2: well as the beings that we are the human beings We are open to pleasure and we're opposed to pain. Right. And so things that are too difficult, we don't like, and we think we're being victimized and punished. Right? Aren't we? Uh, No.
0: Ah, okay. Just made a new discovery. Thanks.
2: (laughs) Good. (laughs) So looking at this as a long-term, many-lifetime evolutionary process can be so very helpful.
0: Right. Right. Definitely. I just want to remind everybody who's just joining us, you are listening to One Soul Radio here on unity. If you'd like to join us, we're talking about karma and just sort of looking at karma, looking at your life storylines through a different lens, a lens where you can learn to maybe accept that everything is here in our paths for our greatest good, especially when it doesn't feel like it. That's the trick. I'd say probably the 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 parts that are the most difficult are the ones that are the um have the the greatest gifts in them. They just take a while for us to view from that perspective. If Absolutely. you'd like to call in, um, the number is 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to share any stories, ask any questions. So you had, let's see, um, I know we you talked about like when um, Carl Jung and what he had talked about when it came to destiny, uh, thoughts and feelings that we don't allow into our mind come back as destiny. I might be butchering it a little bit.
2: No, it's pretty close. Those thoughts and feelings that we don't allow into the conscious mind come back to us from the outside as destiny. Right. And he goes on to say, this circumstantial experience is not a punishment. It's an opportunity for greater and deeper learning. So he was helpful to me in understanding that my circumstances were much bigger than I thought of them. Right. They carried a lot more weight. They carried a lot more importance. And they, they, they were here for my benefit.
0: So we have a caller. I think Marissa in Florida is on the line. Marissa, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing?
3: Very well. This might
1: be a kind of a heavy question on this karmic topic. So <laughs> You've come to you the right doing. place. We <laughs> like heavy questions. Uh, oh, oh, my goodness. Uh. Is there such a thing as like, universal karma because like for example with the pandemic going on yes. or is it all
0: individual
2: that's a great question you want me to take it yes please <laughs> i think the way to think of karma is like different rings of a circle so there's personal karma that belongs to you there can be family karma regional karma Country, country I was going to say country club karma <laughs> and global or more universal you might have karmas. To explain that one. <laughs> the country club karma. Yeah, that
0: was an interesting slip. We'll get back okay. to that. Yeah, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> and so the idea is yes, right now we're, we're experiencing global karma, and that global karma is very telling in the way that we relate to other countries, the way we are in competition with them, the way we're in cooperation with them. And that furthers our the, the world's evolution. And I'm going to stop there and ask if I'm answering your question.
0: Maris, does that resonate for you?
1: It's, it's Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that you know, if one domino goes, the rest of them goes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But but is it okay, can I take it a, a step further?
0: Of yeah, course. please. When
1: you, I, and I And maybe it's actually stepping it back, but when you, you mentioned like kind of a, a national or uh, a, a type of karma, what about, and I'm talking about the United States and not naming names, but <laughs> 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 okay. I mean, are they causing karma? Too? They obviously have their own karma, but is it mm. radiating out?
0: Mm. Absolutely. That's really interesting, Would right? You when
2: like to take that, Kelly?
0: No, I'd love to hear more from you, and then I wanted to add something because okay. you're more um, equipped to answer these questions. Today.
2: Well, it's so it's so important to understand that it has. Very complex ramifications. So, I had heard in the beginning of um, Donald Trump's presidency after about a year that certain women's groups were saying that without him, uh, they wouldn't have had the galvanization and interest and participation. One woman said that it advanced them 10 years. Mm. I think it, it, it advances certain things and it inhibits certain things. Mm, so okay. it depends on how we all relate to it. And again, it becomes personal what we're getting from it. If it keeps us up at night, if it causes us to join uh, groups, if it causes us to uh, donate money to certain groups, um, all of these things are complex, and it really depends on each person. And then the question
0: becomes, does, does that mean that we all were, um, or at least certain people in this domino effect, were all involved with each other in another lifetime, too? Mm-hmm. You know, is it possible that we, but but we'll stick with the, the I think, the bigger piece of Mar- Marissa's question and your answer, that it's really, it is really fascinating to think that there is the individual sort of micro and how that ripples out to um, connect with the larger uh, karmic patterns that are going on. Cause I would also offer that there's also what happens with the collective conscience in this particular lifetime, if we're going to separate out and just the energy that we've perhaps some people would suggest that when there's a lot of people that are feeling fear collectively, you manifest a person that might represent that if you are feeling collective love, I'm oversimplifying, you are apt to more manifest uh, more of an archetype that represents that. So I right. don't want to get too off, um, too off uh, focus here, but I think that there's all these different levels. There's what's mm-hmm. happened karmically from past incarnations, past lives, and then there's also what we're doing here now and how that impacts um, our, our longer standing storylines. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, to either of you. Much so. we, we can we can also, you know, we can also throw in climate change, but I'm not going to get deep on that.
2: You know, we could go real deep. That's that's very true. And that's a part of our collective karma on the earth. And that is a reflective circumstance that has to do with how we've treated nature. Right. And so all of that is very, very, very strong and profound.
0: Yeah. Which is why you hear so much from the ancients that are ancient cultures and some of the indigenous cultures, when the, you know, some of the elders are speaking up lately about what's been going on since the beginning of COVID. And they talk so much about returning back to what mother nature really wants. I mean, those are, mm-hmm. again, I mean, you could, you could pose all of this inside of the idea of the um, karmic lens, because it, we're being asked to return to what nature has originally asked of us, which we have long forgotten and that pervades many lifetimes and many thousands of years. Um, does this help, Maris? Does it answer your question or put it in perspective? It does very
1: much so. Thank you very much. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you for calling.
0: Thank you. Good questions. Absolutely. We like good deep questions. We appreciate it. Thank wow. you so much.
1: Keep it going. Bring, bring, bring more light to the radio waves, you guys.
0: Thank you. Amen. Thank you. We're trying. Thank you so much. <laughs> Love that. That's a really it's a great question. I could go um, I could go on and on with that. Really, really interesting. Um, So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can reframe your storylines to use them to your advantage and to enjoy a sense of higher learning. We'll be right back.
1: we're glad you found us this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world welcome back to one soul radio with steve hasenberg and kelly
0: Alpert. Welcome back, everybody, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Radio. We are talking about karma, the truth about karma, at least from our perspective, and how if you start to recognize where your karmic storylines are, those stories that follow you through your life, that persist, that might feel like you can't quite figure out how to get rid of them or learn from them, we're here to tell you that you can. And so we've talked about just the definition of karma and the fact that We really um, do believe it can be used for your greater good and higher learning. So if you'd like to call in, if you have any questions, any comments, please join us at 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. So I think now it would probably be helpful to share with our listeners how we use these karmic storylines in a way that can be helpful. What are some of the tactics that we can use to try to, well, uh, recognize, but also to work with them in a way that we can learn from and, you know, find more joy and more
2: peace in our lives. Just is that a cue for me to talk about what my experiences? <laughs> I know I feel like it sounded, it sounded <laughs>
0: that sounded like I was just interviewing you. Sometimes I, you know, let people that know me know that I am a well, I'm an I'm a lifelong interviewer professionally and by nature. And sometimes <laughs> I can fall into the role where I just wanna, you know, just ask you loads of uh questions. Um but yes, I would like to hear from you. You in the front row.
2: Okay, me in the front row. Yes, well please. um Here's an experience that was ongoing for me. Mm -hmm. And when I mean ongoing, my 20s, my 30s and my 40s. Yeah. uh, Repeating itself incessantly Mm -hmm. to the point that I would tear my hair out, that I would keep finding the same type of woman.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And um, obviously having nothing to do with my issues. Nothing. Nothing at all. But I, I've said this before, if I was in a room with 3,000 women,
0: mm-hmm. I would
2: find the broken-winged bird.
0: Yeah, I know and, that I know that pattern myself.
2: And so I would find women who were extremely dependent, extremely helpless, and I became a knight. See, I always wanted to be a knight. So I became a knight on shining armor <laughs> to rescue them mm-hmm. from their plight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would work for about six months. And then I'd get to the point of thinking, well, how come she's not doing anything for me? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: What about my needs? So it wasn't until I did a a good deal of therapy that I realized that this whole thing existed inside of me. And I needed to save people. And I needed to be a hero to somebody, which was myself. Mm -hmm. And then I was finding people to be heroic with,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but it was all falling flat on its face. So my karma was, my real karma, the real challenge here, was learning to appreciate who I was at a much deeper level, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: to love who I was at a much deeper level, and to take responsibility for my own nobility.
0: Yeah. I love all the, um, the, the knightly themes. They're very medieval between your nobility and your, and your, your knighthood. I but was
2: always looking for maidens to mm, the rescue.
0: Fair, fair, fair unsuspecting maidens. And, and I share that. Um, I think maybe the difference, in, well, first of all, let's talk about how that story, I won't say ended, but that particular karmic narrative
2: dispersed for you. What well, kind of I work
0: did you do around it?
2: Well, I did Psychotherapy. I meditated a lot, I prayed a lot, I did psychotherapy. And um, I got to a point where I was magnetizing a different kind of individual. Right. One who was more independent because I was more independent. So independence and self-sufficient and more decisive and strong and her own person And for me, that was more challenging at first
0: Mm -hmm.
2: because I had an equal Mm -hmm. rather than a place where I was dominating. Right. And so that's how it began to shift.
0: Right. So the difference, I think, is that um, between us is a lot of my storylines, or I keep referring to this word samskara, which, right, is is it the Sanskrit word for sort of your karmic narratives, those storylines that follow us?
2: Yeah, it's called right? those those um, impressions.
0: Impressions, right. The ones that are really, really deep, that feel like rationally you can't understand why right. they're continuing. And the first thing that I've learned to do, um, well, I was going to say the difference is that I relate to that storyline, but I haven't had the chance yet to see if it's shifted um, because I've been single now for a, a while. And so a lot of the work I've done is out of relationship with myself and in my own practice and in my own therapy. Um, But what I've learned to do is to make friends with it, right? To embrace it to coddle it, to recognize these patterns are not necessarily just my responsibility, that perhaps they've been following me for a long time, to learn lessons more about self-worth. I'm just throwing out random you know, things that could um, resonate for people, to learn more about my own self-worth, to learn more about um, value, to learn more about... Um, you know, to, to learn more about just loving the fact and accept, uh, maybe acceptance and surrender to things that I can't control as much as I'd like to in the moment. So I'm sort of more in an active place of trying to work with a lot of these storylines that are still I'm um, work into kind of, I always think of like a mosquito that's flying around your head or a gnat that's like sitting on your shoulder (laughs) that you can't get rid of and you want to flick it away.
2: That's Um, how I felt, for sure. Yeah,
0: so it's nice to hear when you speak about it um, being on the other side of it, me with a few of my different um, very persistent storylines still, I won't say in the middle because I do feel like a lot of them are just on the verge of leaving because I've been doing so much active work around learning to love them and embrace them. Um, And... Yeah. There's so many different levels to it. I think we have a call from Jan from California. Jan, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi. Thanks for oh, joining Jim. us.
3: Hi. I loved um, what you said earlier about the idea that there's nothing that comes um, into my life that I can't handle.
0: Mm. Um
3: and what it brought up for me is that I've always thought of myself as having heavy karma. Not, you know, not like a victim, but just observing that. Um, I come from a, a dysfunctional family, and my young life was just fraught with so much conflict. Yeah. Um, can you help me understand why would I choose to have that experience?
0: <laughs> That's the magic question. <laughs> Well before we have um, Steve uh, dive in with the with the overarching answer to your question, I just want to commend you for the fact that you've even recognized uh, just in your language and the way that you're posing your question, it suggests that you're you recognize and really believe that there are advantages to the things that you've struggled or are struggling with and that I you're do. able to look yeah. at them from a, a certain perspective and so I commend you for that. That's really important as a start. Thank you
2: um I, I want to say that I've also had a heavy <laughs> karmic load and a, uh, a childhood fraught with conflict. And uh, I'm in I the would,
0: club, too. Don't leave me
2: out of this club. Uh, wait, wait. Let's get Callie in here. Yes. Thank you. I wanted to be high, recognized. High five. Thank you. Okay. The Dysfunctional Family Club. <laughs> if anybody's not in it, they're exactly. not telling Raise the your truth, hands. right? <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, Jan, it took me a long, long time To find my way out of this kind of web mm-hmm. And I call it a web Because I got stuck in it so often And um, I had a rageaholic father My sister was schizophrenic mm. And my mother was an artist And kind, I would always say she saved my life Mm -hmm. because it was the only sanity that I ever found in the family. I realized later on, um, there's a little story that I tell, that my father, when he was about 63, had a uh, heart attack and then was at Columbia University Hospital in New York. And I made this decision, and I made it against my better judgment but I made a decision that I would be his father. I wanted to change the karma of our relationship, which had been very poor. Uh, I don't know if he talked to me more than three or four times between the age of zero and 18. And I thought, let me teach him how to be a father. (laughs) And I didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it. And I finally did it. And I spent two weeks in New York, I fed him, I walked him on his walker. I talked to him about his dreams. I talked to him about my dreams. And the wild thing that happened was one of his buddies from work came in and took me aside and said, what happened to your father? He's so much nicer. Did he have a lobotomy (laughs) or heart operation? Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I've been successful. And our, re- our relationship changed after that. Wow. So it was so heavy. That relationship was so heavy. My relationship with my sister was so heavy. But there are things along the way where I would turn the tables and find compassion, find love, find ways of understanding their position. And that would be the way I kind of found my way out of it.
0: Well, Does that help you, Jen? Are you still actively oh, that, you, it, the, the family member you're yeah. referring to may ask if they're are they passed or are they still
3: Yeah, it's too late. Here. It's too late. Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I it's I not, think
3: I did that in not, part. I think I did that in part with with my mother. Um Yeah that's tremendous
0: hmm some would say that it's i think steve was starting to utter this like that it's not too late a lot of people would say that even if you need um you or anybody need any sort of resolve with somebody who's not in physical earth form anymore that you can still Mm -hmm. do that in certain ways
2: right it's never too late i I think if we if we think of the future and past as fluid Mm -hmm. then we can change the past even people who are not on this plane of existence will be impacted by our thoughts and feelings and actions.
3: Okay, I can get that. That's great.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> never Does that give you a new perspective? Nice.
3: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I would do that through compassion is what I'm I'm getting. Mm. And maybe standing in their shoes?
2: Standing in their shoes and being the person you always wanted to be in relationship to them. You can still be that person. Mm -hmm. You know, you can still stand up for yourself in certain ways. Maybe you were suppressed. Maybe you had to act in certain ways to survive. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that and you also begin to kind of recalibrate how you might want to be. Uh, those are ways to uh, create more evolution for yourself and the person who, who's not here anymore.
0: Right. As well as tracing back um, whoever the difficult person or persons are in your life and thinking about what informed their behaviors. It's a helpful way. Uh, it doesn't certainly doesn't condone, condone difficult behaviors, but mm-hmm. it, it can be a, a helpful way to summon up more of that compassion too if you're looking to work around, you know, with that energy.
3: Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.
0: Thank you for calling. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you for the
3: show. I just love it.
0: Thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Great question. Thank you. So that's another thing that, you know, as I'm even listening to us and I'm taking it in because um, I'm still dealing. I'm, I'm still in the active throes of dysfunctional family Issues with two elderly parents and just being um, beaten up by long-standing family dynamics, combined with elderly parents who have needs and trying to live from a place of compassion and attention to them, and at the same time trying to protect myself and, I'd say, enforce, but to really um, implement so many of the lessons that I've learned from fifty-seven years of this dynamic, and it's a very, very tricky line to walk. Um, and at the same time on the days where it's particularly difficult, I always know that I chose them. I don't always know why. And there's oftentimes where I don't know the lessons or I lose sight because I'm still just in my reaction. So I think it's important to point out here that these are all great, um, more uh, ethereal, spiritually minded, um, pursuits and, and, um, teachings, but it doesn't mean that they apply every day. We're still human beings here on earth in these bodies. And sometimes it's just really hard and sometimes it really stinks. And so on those <laughs> yes. days, at least if you can get to a place where you know or learn to trust that there is something greater going on here, that there is a huge lineage that, um, is way, uh, that way proceeds and, 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 Continues on in terms of our dynamics and our choices that our soul has brought to us in this lifetime to learn. It's easier, and it makes the challenges, I think, a little bit um, more gentle.
2: Beautiful, Callie.
0: So, in our remaining moments,
2: let's yes. talk about
0: some action steps so we can help our listeners to maybe um, apply some of the things that we've that we've shared. There's a Buddha quote that you often bring up. I have it written down here. You brought it up again the other night. If you want to know your past lives, look at your present situation, right? And if you want to know your future lives, look at your present action. Right. Did I get that right?
2: Yeah, you did. Um, If you want to know your past lives, you look at your present condition. Condition means the condition inside of yourself Mm -hmm. and the circumstances outside. So those, all of those are reflective of where you've been, what decisions you've made, how you've acted, what you've thought about, what you felt, how much you've loved. And if you want to know your future, look at how you're going to act differently. It's what we were just talking to Jan about, that we can act differently um, and change our future we have that opportunity it's a choice
0: right we're not relegated or you know we're not uh we're not married to these old stories it's almost like this is a little bit of a departure but when people say oh it's in my genetics that i'm going to get xyz disease um it's not necessarily there are ways to work and you know make changes make lifestyle changes or in this case make psychological and emotional and spiritual changes to shift the energy and rechart your course right
2: yeah we go back to that that idea of everything is fluid Mm -hmm. so no matter where you find yourself it is good to have insight you mentioned that before insight is the first step for greater awareness so having insight in terms of your condition and then creating ideas and thoughts and feelings and behaviors that change that condition if you don't like it. We can change. It's very wild, but you can change your life on a dime if you're strong enough. Mm. If your focus is powerful enough, your life can change very, very quickly.
0: Right. I think that sometimes we lower our expectations of ourselves and we forget that that's possible or lower our expectations of life. So... Good segue into our action steps. The first one being um, a suggestion to go back in your mind, look in your rearview mirror of your life, and think about the times where you struggled the most and how it turned out positively. So, most specifically, maybe think of three things that were really tough three really challenging times in your life, three difficult situations, difficult relationships. And then what they yielded in time, whether it was a week or 10 years or somewhere in between, because ultimately that silver linings thing um, is not, uh, it's not for naught. I mean, there's, there's a reason that people talk about those <laughs> things, right? It's not all like woo-woo, fairy tale BS. Um, inevitably, if you look back, there's always going to be some blessing that came from it. And it's really helpful to remember that energy as a way to... Bolster your belief system when you're in the middle of things that haven't quite cleared up yet. It's a a great way to remember that everything we're saying might just be true.
2: We live in a world of polarity. Yeah. So one of the polarities is the dark cloud has a silver lining Mm. (laughs) to take something away Mm. from today's show. And those silver linings we get to through patience and through insight and through desire and they'll yield beautiful gifts if we can stay with them long enough, and then we'll realize that our karma, as difficult as it was, was nothing but an initiation into a larger aspect of ourselves.
0: Is that a promise? It is a promise. I'm so glad it's a money
2: back guarantee, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <part.
0: laughs> this show is a money back guarantee. Yeah,
2: everything how much we, are we everything back? we spat
0: out, <laughs> spout out. Um, I don't know, we'll have to talk about that. We'll have to figure it out. So that's um, step number one. Step number two is to pick one thing you consider to be really heavy karma, something that you are still feeling riddled with, a pattern that that you can't seem to shake, something that still feels like there's a web that you're caught in karmically, and decide that instead of being angry with it and frustrated by it and all these things that I'm really good at, which is I'm, all these these words or things that I um, you know, can really speak from deep and, and very current experience, and do a little 180 and try to honor them and embrace them and love them. You recently, as I was moaning about something, reminded me that I probably carried it with me from past lifetimes and that's why whatever this particular issue was it um, was was it felt feel so unshakable <clears throat> and by repositioning it and thinking of it as just a another kind of vestige of something that's still an energy that's still with me that needs my love and honor and attention and warm embrace it, it just it changed everything in that moment just um, the relationship that I you know that I had with whatever this issue was. And it really is a beautiful way to just to to sort through this stuff and to, and to disperse it, right, to sh- kind of shake it off ultimately. Yeah, I
2: can give you a great short example. When my daughter was younger and she got Lyme's disease and she was suffering so much, I uh, would get up in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, and pace the house, yeah, not knowing how I could help her. And uh, after a long period of time, I finally realized that what my pacing was doing, during the pacing, I was sending her all of my fear that she would never get better. She would never heal, that she would be stuck like that forever. And I made a decision that night to change the thoughts that I sent her to thoughts of love
0: Mm.
2: and thoughts of healing and thoughts of light And it took me honestly about four months to switch around because I was so out of it. But that's one good example of how you can change a very dark situation and make it into something lighter.
0: Do that. First of all, it's a commitment that you have to make for yourself, right? That instead of just wanting to chase the joy or complain about this whatever the sticking points are and the things that get in our way it's really to make a promise to yourself that you're going to try to embrace this and whatever it is in in a new way and then it's actually sitting and working with it probably every day while you're meditating taking a little extra time when you're sitting in nature when you're quiet just to really make friends with whatever this is you can physically or in your mind i, I guess give it a hug you can create an image of giving it a certain level of love and, um, and honor. Meditation and mindfulness in whatever way that is. Breathing, any kind of version of meditation that works for you. Um, there's practices online. There's apps that you can get if it's something that's not familiar to you. You can sit for, you can write us. Um, I'll give you our information momentarily if you'd like some, um, some guidance. Uh, Steve especially has taught mindfulness and meditation for decades, and we're happy to help you with that. But the, the, the importance being that it creates a sense of space. And it creates a sense of distance so that you don't feel like you're so caught and bound by whatever this.
2: I can. I know oh, okay. you, you You went out. You've been going out a little. Oh, but I think it's okay. being I think it's being taped. OK. I haven't. Ta- uh, I'm not chiming in because you keep going out and I don't know if you're finished or not.
0: Meditation, As our third tip and how that's um, very significant because it can help people create space around these
2: issues. I didn't hear what you said because you went out again. (laughs) It's okay. They'll be able to uh, pace this together afterwards. So tell me what you said and I'll respond. I'm not sure if I'm
0: being heard or not. I'm
2: hearing you now. You're back on. Okay.
0: I'm not sure what's going on. We're having some technical difficulties at the end of our show. The three action steps again. Um, it's karma that my microphone is, I'm not sure what's going on. I have strong Wi-Fi connection. I'm not sure, but apologies for technical difficulties. So just to reiterate action steps, um, look in your life's rear view mirror, try to review three things that were difficult times for you and what they yielded positively just to give, get in the energy. Practice meditation and mindfulness.
2: I would concur, and we'll see you next week, and we're going to be talking about love and all of its faces.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio,
1: the voice of an awakening world.